For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Happy Wednesday, football fans, and welcome in to another edition of the Chase Podcast. I'm Isaac Sines, and I thank you for joining me. In today's episode, Dr. Richard Leibel joins the show for an injury roundup as we get set for the divisional round of the playoffs. We will discuss players' conditions and their chances of playing this weekend. Plus, Dr. Leibel will provide valuable insight on each injury and how it impacts a player's performance. All that and more coming up in the latest episode of the Pro Football Chase podcast. The Fall is another production of the Chase Podcast, covering the latest news and analysis around the National Football League. Turn the volume up. The Chase is on and the Chase is live. Now, let's say to your voice. Good afternoon, everybody. It is January 9th here on the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Signs with you here, and joining me today for an injury roundup episode is Dr. Richard Leibel of the Pro Sports Institute. Now, Leibel, he's 25 years in practice as a sports chiropractor. He's worked with many notable professional athletes and specifically tailors his care towards uh, football players, as well as some Los Angeles Chargers players down the road there in California. So first things first, Dr. Leibel, how are you doing today? And thanks again for taking the time to join me. Hey, I'm great. You know, it's the best time of year right now with these playoffs uh, going on. And just excited to kind of be a part of it and watch it develop. All right, so the whole purpose of today's episode uh, for you listeners out there is to give you a better idea of some of these injuries that players are dealing with as we move to the divisional round of the playoffs, and I thought it would be cool that Dr. Leibel and I would be able to chat through some of these ailments. So the first one here is 
Colt safety Mike Mitchell now. You and I, we talked about it. He suffered a calf strain in the wild card round. And unfortunately for him, his season is over as the Colts placed him on injured reserve this morning. But Doc, uh, can you just give a quick insight about what a calf strain is and why is it that he could not play with the injury for the remainder of the postseason? Yeah, well, you know, the calf connects basically your heel to the back of your knee, and it's very important in being able to accelerate, push off, change direction. We're talking about a strong safety that has to backpedal and come out of his break, T-step, et cetera. You know, I I would imagine he had at least a grade two uh, calf injury, which is approximately half the muscle tears, and there's no way that you can push off and be explosive the way he is with an injury like that. They tend to reoccur. They're probably the most reoccurring injuries. You know, them and hamstrings are about about the same, but uh, in somebody like him that plays the way he does, I, I understand that there's no way. Two to three weeks, it would be very, very, very fast to come back. This thing just happened, so I understand that they would put him on IR for that reason. We'll now move on to... A player that plays for the Houston Texans, so obviously they're not in the playoffs any longer, but I wanted to just ask you this, because DeAndre Hopkins, the all-pro wideout, it was discovered that after the wild card game against the Indianapolis Colts, James Palmer of NFL Network reported that Hopkins was playing through a grade 3 AC joint sprain Now, I've heard a lot about AC joint sprains. A lot of these NFL quarterbacks, it seems like that's a common injury that they deal with. I know Ryan Tannehill had that, uh, Mitchell Trubisky of the Chicago Bears. Now, obviously, Hopkins being a receiver, having to go up and make contested catches. Can you give a little bit of insight as to how painful that grade three AC joint sprain is, and what kind of recovery will he face now that he's in the offseason? Yeah, I mean, assuming that injury all happened at one time in that game, you know, the, the clavicle connects to basically to the shoulder, and that's what the AC joint is. And it's kind of like having two, you know, pencil erasers that, that are butted up against each other. That's what that joint looks like. His grade three means that one of those pencils would completely dislocate so it was no longer connecting to the other one. To try to give an analogy here, that's very, very painful. So to be able to high point a ball would be difficult, but a lot of these injuries happen when they go up and catch a ball and land on their shoulder, and that's when the injury occurs. So, man, he's got to have pain tolerance off the chart. Apparently, Hopkins... He couldn't even uh, shake anybody's hand with his right hand and couldn't even put on his own shirt after the game because of the injury. So that just speaks volumes to the type of pain tolerance level that he had to continue playing in the game. Yeah, you know, football players are unique. They, they have two modes. I can go or I can't go. There's no in-between for them. And, you know, playoff time, these guys are going to put it all out there. And, you know, there's no tomorrow, so if you don't win. So, you know, hats off to him for grinding it out. He's got a pretty good recovery, though. <clears throat> it's, not, it's not common to surgically repair clavicles, although it has been done. I believe Tom Brady had it done. You know, when, you, when dexterity is an issue, like a pitcher or a quarterback, you, you probably are going to need to stabilize those fractures. But a lot of receivers I've taken care of, going all the way back to Sidney Rice, Nate Burleson, I mean, some of these guys are legends. 
TJ Hushmazada. Guys like that, they, they have those injuries. They're, they're just common to receivers. And you know, they, they figure out a way to rehab through them and, you know, keep playing. It haunts them later after their careers, but, you know, they, they get through it. It's pretty amazing. All righty, now let's go ahead and move to the NFC, and it's Cole Beasley. Now, this guy, he suffered a high ankle sprain during the first quarter of the game, and now all of a sudden his availability for Saturday night's game against the Rams is uncertain, as Jason Garrett, the head coach of the Cowboys, told reporters that they're going to take his situation, quote-unquote, day by day. Now, Doc, can you give some detail about these high ankle sprains? We see low ankle sprains all the time, but it just seems like whenever these players are dealing with a high ankle sprain, their recovery is longer, and a lot of people ask why that is. Can you go ahead and answer that question? Yeah, so a high ankle sprain is, affects the, the, the two bones, the long bones that come from your knee down to your ankle. There's a ligament that, that holds those two bones together. And in a high ankle sprain, that ligament gets stretched. So now these long bones, which are supposed to be held tightly together, are, are unstable and they start to move around. And that tissue does not heal very well, period. Um, you got to remember, he also had a foot injury on the same side. So he's already got kind of a lower extremity issue going on there. If that, if that instability is so great, meaning those two bones can wobble way more than they should, he's going to have a lot of pain. He's going to have a lot of instability in there. And he's an explosive change of direction guy. I mean, he can stop on a dime and turn. I, I don't see that happening. You know, my, my thought is if he can get out there with tape and, you know, everything they're going to do, he's going to be 60, 70% of himself at best. So. That, that, that one is very questionable to me. That ligament takes a long time to heal if indeed it's going to heal. He might require surgery to pin those two bones back together uh, ultimately. So we'll see. Now, as you just mentioned, Doc, Cole Beasley, this is a slot receiver, very shifty, very quick out of the slot, and he relies a lot on that explosiveness out of his routes just to make sure he can get open out in space. Now, you talked about how this high ankle sprain, it's really going to be a, a big challenge and obstacle for him to really get back on the field on Saturday night, and even at that, you know, he'll be not at 100%, but should he be active for the Dallas Cowboys do you think that it would be in the plans for Dallas to maybe put him on a pitch count, trying to limit his snaps and control his pain tolerance as the game progresses? Yeah, I mean, if if they let him play, I would think they'd have to limit some of his routes, you know, keep the stuff more slant. If he has to do a hard-out route or a comeback or something or a hitch where he really has to put that foot in the ground and turn on it, I just don't see that happening. So uh, if in, if he comes back, which I would say less than 50% chance in my opinion, I haven't obviously seen him, but um, yeah, they would have to limit his, limit his reps, make it situational. He's got great hands, so I could see him on a third and seven, you know, on a, something that's short, getting out there, catching the ball, and just falling down so he doesn't have to uh, try to get those uh, yards after catch. So, yeah. All right, well, let's go ahead and go to the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a team that you're very familiar with. 
and they'll be taking on the New England Patriots on Sunday in what should be a great divisional round matchup. And let's go with Hunter Henry, the tight end that you and I discussed a couple of weeks ago here on the podcast. And at that point, he was a question mark to return. And officially on Monday, the Chargers, they activated him onto their roster for the playoffs which means that he could see some action on sunday against the patriots and now just a quick recap for all those listeners who are not familiar with henry's situation he suffered the acl in may on the first day of off-season work and the chargers exercised his 21 day practice window in mid-december Long story short, through a long recovery and uh, vigorous training, according to you, Doc, he has made it back and now has a chance to play. What more can he provide on Hunter Henry and his chances of playing this weekend? Well, everything is hinged on kind of day-to-day how he looks. He's rehabbed, so his injury, he's pre-injury status as far as the knee goes, but that just happened in the last three to four weeks. He has to get back to not only football shape, but playoff football shape. So the team doesn't want to risk him not being 100% and, and going out there and you know not being himself. Because he, he is a tremendous talent. I mean, he, is a, he was projected to be a pro bowler this year. So he's going to practice today, which he's probably actually practicing right now. So they'll evaluate how that went. They'll practice again tomorrow. And then I would imagine they're going to make a, a playing decision on him after Thursday. But you know, the, the best thing about it, he, he's available. Now, now he's, he's, now that they've taken him off for 21 days on the 53 roster, he's available and he wants to play. By gosh, that is like a horse chomping at the bit. I mean, he's, he's been preparing for this for a long time. He's excited, but, Everything's uh, not necessarily in his control or mine. So he's worked really hard. I I hope and pray he can get out there and do his thing because he's special. Right on. And now you talked about the whole process because I've seen based on reports that while Henry has been practicing, he's being held back from full-on padded practices up to this point. He has not participated to that extent in practice for the Chargers. And so you talked about getting in football shape, which is something that is clearly uh, in the works for him at this point in time. But should he be deemed ready to maybe see the field, whether it be on a couple of snaps here and there, is there any extra concern or will there be any precautionary measures taken by the Chargers training staff, maybe a knee brace, just in case he takes a, an uneven step out there on the field? Well, no, because if, if he's ready, he's ready. You know, he, he's, he's one of the more scrutinized cases I've ever seen in 25 years as far as him being prepared to be out there and safe and effective. I would say, though, that they might protect him a little bit you know, certain situations when there's more field to deal with, so he's not in traffic with all those linebackers. Uh, they might do that. I, I don't know, you know, firsthand whether that's their thinking, but it's how I would look at it. I want him to have some space to move and not be, you know, I, you don't want three guys tackling at the same time in the middle. But, you know, he's such a weapon, you know, both in the red zone and uh, anywhere on the field. But I think if they get him out there, we're going to see him make some plays. So I, I 
to answer your question, I don't think they're going to protect him. It's going to be more about, you know, what's the situation that he can, he can help us with. He's a tremendous blocker, too. He changes the game in that, that respect. So, you know, it, it might be situational. If they need him, they're going to use him. If, if for some reason they're ahead or a situation where they don't feel like they need him, they, they might just hold him back another week. Now let's talk about Hunter Henry's whole pro teammate, the running back Melvin Gordon. He went down with an injury against the Baltimore Ravens. It was a left knee injury. Now it's been discovered that it is a knee sprain. There really hasn't been a whole lot more information as to what the exact magnitude of the injury is, but it's a knee sprain and the Chargers fully expect him to play on Sunday. You've heard all kinds of cases of knee sprains and how it can really be lingering for many of these players it's an issue that it doesn't quite feel comfortable for a lot of these skill position players to play like themselves with speed acceleration what can you tell us about melvin gordon's status as we move forward throughout this week yeah well melvin's unique he's a tough guy he he will play through virtually anything um and he's very close to these big, which means those knees and those ankles, et cetera, have to take a lot of force. So he'll be out there. I'm very confident of that. The question is how effective will he be? Um, when it comes to those, that lateral stuff, you know, where he's getting outside and really having to put that foot in the ground and get upfield, he may be a little less than his normal self. Uh, it's only been a week since that last injury happened. So, but I think he's going to be out there, you know, the, some of those swing passes they throw him and little screen stuff, he's going to be fine. So I would expect him to be not only out there, but contribute. Now we'll move to another Los Angeles star running back, and this one is Todd Gurley for the Rams. Obviously, L.A., they had that first round bye. Gurley sat out the last two weeks of the regular season just as the team was very cautious, what they called knee soreness. Looks like he's returning to practice this week. Fully expects to play against Dallas on Saturday evening. Now, a back that's been dealing with knee soreness, he's had some inflammation according to head coach Sean McVay. I know it's hard for you to really diagnose an issue like that since you haven't really seen Gurley, I'm assuming. But with the running back again, similar to, to Melvin Gordon, these are backs that are carrying the ball 25 times a game. What should we know about knee soreness or those type of ailments? Yeah, the biggest thing that people like me look at is what does that pad level look like when they're when they receive the ball and starts start to make their moves? If they're high, you know that knee's bugging. If they can stay low, you know, make their cut down where they're supposed to be, they feel pretty good. So as the game goes on, if you start seeing that pad level go up and they're you know hitting the hole high or making those lateral cuts high, then you know it's bugging them, and it not only affects you know, their ability to make plays, but it's probably going to get worse as they go. But, you know, it's playoffs. You have the bye week. I'd be, I would be surprised unless another event occurs if you even notice that injury. You know, he, he's, he is a stud. And he is a stud. So he'll be out there doing his thing. Now, one uh, piggyback question there is, Gurley, you know, he's been out of action. I just talked about he was held out the last couple weeks of the regular season. Now with this bye week incorporated, that's three weeks, so nearly a month with Gurley out of NFL action. Can you expect any sort of rust coming back for a running back who's been 
on such a long layover? Uh, do you think it's going to take maybe a, a quarter for him to get back into playing shape? Or how do you think that's going to affect his performance on Saturday? Uh, I would say the average running back, yes. But, you know, he's, he's not average. Uh, even even Todd Gurley at 90% is going to shine. So I think he's going to hit the ground running. You know, he's, he's a professional and knows what he's doing. Done a long time. Coaching staff is great over there. Um, I don't think we're going to see him miss a beat. All right. Now we'll go ahead and uh, close out this injury roundup with a couple of Eagles players. First one being Carson Wentz. A lot of people are asking about his status. It was revealed that he has a back fracture. And while head coach Doug Peterson has still kept him on the active roster, they refuse to place him on injured reserve, even though Nick Foles continues to do his thing for Philadelphia. And uh, all signs point towards Wentz being done for the year until 2019 season rolls around. But can you give any other additional information about the type of back fracture that Wentz is dealing with? And if so, what is the timetable for him to return? Yeah, so, so spinal fractures are different animals than other kinds of fractures. So if somebody breaks their arm, the two bones or the bones will crack, it might displace, etc. And in this kind of spinal fracture, the block part of the vertebra is basic, basically been squished down a little bit, almost like if you put a, a Coke can on the ground and you stepped on it a little bit and it crushed down. So stress fractures take time to develop, and if they're hard to diagnose, probably why this has come out the way it has. Uh, very common to have. You, you can have a fracture, and we can do every imaging, CT, MRI, X-ray, etc., and the fracture itself, we can't see it. We can only see it once it starts to heal and calcify over. You see that increased opacity of it. So probably why this took some time to, to show up. Uh, but the fracture itself, we don't really worry so much about that. It's not like an arm fracture that can refracture again or get worse. Uh, it's more the symptoms that, are result, that result from it, so the, the spasms that occur, the pain, all that inflammation. So the reason why they kept him active is if you can go, meaning if you can play through the pain, you're, you're relatively safe to do it. it. It might affect you, your ability to do your job, but it's relatively safe. So, but for those things to properly heal, that can be six, nine months for that to go away. So, and rest is first. You have to get all the inflammation around it to stop happening so the spasms stop. You have to let the, the compression fracture just kind of calcify up so it's, so it's no longer relevant. Then you have to get all the range of motion back. Remember, quarterbacks throwing athletes, their core is huge in that. It's a big part of their effectiveness. And when you have a back issue, particularly a fracture, that core is going to turn off a little bit and he's not going to be as effective. So, yeah, it would make sense given their situation with old. It would make a lot of sense just to sit him down, get that guy to 100% finally, and you know, start it back up next season. Gotcha. Now, one more for you. Eagles wide receiver Mike Wallace, the speedster, he suffered a fractured fibula in Week 2 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and continues to practice in a limited fashion, excuse me, after being activated off the injured reserve at the end of December. He was ruled out against the Bears in wild card round, but 
He does remain a candidate to play in the divisional round. What should we know about fibula fractures, Doc? I mean, this is an injury that we've seen many players uh, suffer this type of injury this year. How difficult is it to come back from this ailment for such a speedy wideout like Wallace? Yeah, out of all the fractures, it's probably the best one because the, the fibula doesn't bear weight. When you stand up, the big, thick bone called the tibia, it bears the weight of the body. The fibula doesn't do that. So that's why guys are, you know, can have these fractures and be relatively functional. The problem with it is he had to have a lot of downtime to let that heal, so he's got to get back. And you've got to remember how sharp these guys are uh, at, at receiver position. They move very well. They, they, their cuts are, are ridiculous. So I would imagine that his fibula fracture is healed. I would imagine he's rehabbed at this point. But is he really ready to contribute in a game that's that, that big time like that? So um, he's available. Will he be effective? That would be the question. I don't have any way of telling that. Well, there you have it. Those are some uh, notable players here that – are dealing with injuries, especially with their teams in the playoffs. And so I wanted to do this episode with Dr. Leibold because I know uh, he's an expert at what he does. Phenomenal doctor, takes care of a lot of professional athletes. So I wanted to give you all listeners uh, the insight about what these players are dealing with as far as uh, how many snaps they'll get on the field this weekend, or maybe they'll be held out for the long term. So again, Thank you, Doc, for, for taking the time to join the, the Pro Football Chase podcast again, and I certainly enjoy having you on. Yeah, great. Appreciate you having me on, and a lot of fun. All right, well, take care and have a great rest of the day. You too. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.